We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, a discussion of one of the topics making news this week. This is KCBS In-Depth. And welcome to KCBS In-Depth. I'm KCBS reporter Doug Sovereign, sitting in for Jane McMillan this week. This week, we take a closer look at sports by the Bay with the leaders of two of the Bay Area's favorite teams, one that is at the pinnacle of American sports, another that has not been there for a while but is pursuing a new strategy to get there. Our guests are Joe Lacob, the owner and CEO of the Golden State Warriors, and Dave Cavill, the president of the Oakland A's. As baseball season begins, we sat down with Cavill at the aging Oakland Coliseum to talk about his team's prospects for this season And the news this past week that Cavill and the A's want to buy the Coliseum Complex from Oakland and Alameda County to preserve the option to build their new ballpark there. And then Mayor Libby Schaaf announced that she will ask the city council to enter into an exclusive negotiating agreement with the A's for the sale and development of the Coliseum property. The A's will also negotiate simultaneously with the port for the possible development of the Howard Terminal site to build a ballpark there near Jack London Square, pursuing parallel paths for the next few months to preserve the team's options in Oakland. And we also sat down for a conversation with Joe Lacob about the Warriors and their upcoming move from Oakland to San Francisco. But first, Dave Cavill of the Oakland A's. So baseball season is beginning. The A's have finished last three years in a row, something we are not accustomed to in the Bay Area. How are you feeling about this season? Well, we have a great young team, and there's a lot of excitement around, especially our position players, and the fact that they've played together for a number of years, and you can kind of chart their success and their growth together over the next three to six to eight years together. And that's guys like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson and Chris Davis. And so we feel like we have this young nucleus that we can grow with, that can get us into our new ballpark and achieve success for many years to come. You've cornered the market on mats, apparently, the way the old days had all the Brandons in, in big league baseball. What about the starting pitching, though? That is sort of where people are looking at this team and saying, if anything is their weak spot, it's that. Well, I think the young guys need to step up, and I think we need to see what we have with some of the younger pitchers. And I think we have you know, some great options there. You know, Our farm system is very strong. I think our starting rotation has been depleted with some injuries. But that happens in baseball, and you need it's the next man up, and we need to make sure that we give opportunities for these young players to develop in a positive way and have success on the diamond. Is there a sense of energy in keeping these young players together that maybe the A's haven't been able to sustain in recent years because of the constant turnover? Well, I think it's all about the ballpark. You know, the ballpark is the remedy for that. It allows us to sign these players for long-term contracts. In the past, we struggled because we didn't have access to the revenue. Now, if we get our economic deal in place this year, open a new ballpark in Oakland in 2023, we're going to be able to retain this, these talented players. That's Our problem has not been getting the players. Billy Bean, David Forrest do an amazing job of, of running our baseball operations side, getting young players, developing them into stars. We just need to keep them. And that's really on our side, on the baseball or the business side, to give them the resources to do that. So we're doing this interview at the Coliseum. Maybe you can hear them mowing the the grass, the outfield grass in the background. You've spruced this place up a bit, which is something the A's did not do for a while. Uh, what What is the message you're sending to fans this year about coming out and seeing this team in this park, which is what we have right now? 
Well, we want to show people that we care and that we want to have a good experience here in the Coliseum before we build a new ballpark because we want to attract new fans, get them excited about A's baseball. We have this amazing treehouse with terraces and an amazing new bar, drink specials. For 150 bucks, you can have access to it all year. And so this is just an incredible way to sample our product, to become a fan of our sport and our team, and we think it'll be a big hit. That's a different attitude from what this regime, before you came in by the same owners, um, from, from the attitude they had, which was, we want to show people we need a, a new park. Let's not spend any money on the old one. Uh, why the change in approach? Well, I mean, I think more than anything, it's important for our fans, um, even in these interim years before we open a new ballpark, to understand that we do care for this community, that we are rooted in Oakland, that we want to do everything we can to optimize the experience now, and that the fans' voice matters. And that's why I have office hours once a week, and I meet with fans and and folks interested in in understanding or conveying their thoughts on where this organization should go, because they have a key voice. Because in many ways, we're just a steward of this team. It's been here in Oakland for 50 years. The fans are the ones that drive it, and and they're the ones who need a voice. And I try to be the person who can kind of convey that and make these changes in a positive way. You've made an offer, an initial offer, to the city and county to buy this whole complex. Uh, What's the response been initially from uh, the officials in Oakland? Well, we think it's critical to own our own home. You know, for our success in Oakland for many years to come, we want to control our own destiny. We want to own our own place. And that starts with with owning the place we're playing right now. And so we made this very compelling offer to assume all the debt, $136 million. Um, We've had some really positive response initially from the county. And I've met with several of the folks, um, Supervisor Haggerty, Supervisor Miley, I think they realize that they want to get out of the sports business, and I think this is a way to do that in a fiscally responsible way. And I have a meeting with the mayor to dig in with the city folks to get their feedback. And so we're hopeful that everyone can come together in a spirit of partnership to make sure the A's are in Oakland for many, many years to come with a privately financed stadium, with us willing to you know, pay this very large price for this land, but done in a way that actually can help the city. And so we're very hopeful. We think it's a very compelling offer, and we're excited about, you know, taking the next step. Is that an opening bid? Is there room for negotiation? Well, I mean, I think the key thing is, is that we need to sit down and talk. And this is obviously a big deal. I think it's important to remember that when the Raiders were leaving, the city offered this parcel of land for free to the Raiders, and our offer is $136 million. The appraisals I've seen over the years have been in the 150 million, maybe as high as 200 million, the value of this parcel of land. Uh, but if another developer were to come in and spend that and, and take it, there's no guarantee they would accommodate an A's ballpark here, is there? Well, that's why it's important to own our own home. I mean, we're dealing with the same issues that you know people who live all over the Bay Area have, which is that it's expensive to live here. And so we need to have a home here and not be a renter and really be rooted in Oakland in a real way. And I think that starts with buying this complex and taking that next step. And it shows an amazing commitment to the city. No other professional sports team has done that. And I think it's something that's very exciting for our city and our team. If you were able to close that deal, would you then decide, okay, we're going to build our ballpark here? Uh, Well, I think we need options right now. We still need to get through the sequel process. We need to get through the economic deal by the end of the year. And so we want to preserve optionality. That's why we're still looking seriously at the port site. We're working here with the JPA to see if we can get a deal But our experience and setback at Peralta in December really opened our eyes to the fact we need options. You can't just sole track this, sole source it, because there's just too many risk factors in developing in California.
Did you make some mistakes with Peralta, do you think? Did you go into that with your eyes not open enough, uh, realizing that there was would be neighborhood opposition? Well, I think with any large project, there's going to be ups and downs and twists and turns in terms of how it develops. Um, I think the most important thing is that we are continually pushing day in, day out to solve this complicated stadium development problem here in the Bay Area. The Bay Area is very difficult to build in. I saw when I oversaw the construction and development of Avai Stadium in San Jose for the earthquakes, and we need to do everything we can to line up all the support with all the stakeholders for success. And I think we're doing that. And, and there's going to be some setbacks along the way. But at the end of the day, we want to be in Oakland. When we want a privately financed stadium that will lead to our success on and off the field. Could you see a scenario where the A's would buy this complex but still end up deciding to build at Howard Terminal and do something else with this land, develop it in some other way, the way the Giants are developing land adjacent to their park? I think all things are possible. You know, I think the most important thing right now is just to preserve our options. We don't want a situation where it's like musical chairs and there's nowhere to sit. And I think that's our biggest fear right now. And so we're willing to make a big, bold um, offer, a financial offer, to make sure we have a spot. Because you never know. You could go down the line, and just like what happened with Peralta, these things are risky. And so I, I think it's just really important to control our own destiny. What's wrong with Howard Terminal? The mayor has said all along she prefers that site. A lot of fans like the idea of a waterfront uh, ballpark near Jack London. You've moved your offices to Jack London Square. Um, and folks, I hope you can't hear too much mowing sound in the background, but there's work going on here at the Coliseum. Um, what are some of the, the things that you see at Howard Terminal that make it maybe not the most optimum site? Well, I think the number one thing is transportation. You have to have a location that people can get to and from, ingress and egress. If you don't, people will not come. And especially for 81 dates with the traffic in the Bay Area, you know, that location doesn't have great access to public transportation. And so we need to come up with a creative solution, whether it's a mix of Ubers and Lyfts, whether it's a rubber tire tram, whether, um, you know, it's a different system that connects us to the, the BART stations, um, or even a BART station itself. All those things are possibilities that would make that site more viable. Because if we're going to go down there and we're going to invest a billion dollars in private money, and people can't get to it, it's going to be a failure for the city and for the A's. And so that's something that has to be established at the beginning, and that's really the biggest challenge with Howard. You've got the train tracks right there, so people have to cross the tracks. You could build a bridge over that. Yeah. But you've got the noise of the trains. You've got that Schnitzer steel recycling plant right there. It seems like there are environmental challenges that don't exist, say, here at the Coliseum. There are, and those are all things that we would need to work through and come up with a solution to together with the city, with the port, and we're doing that work. You know, we're engaged with the port having that conversation. It's critical that we uncover whether or not there are solutions or not. And we want to be as creative as possible in doing so. And so we're pursuing that in parallel with obviously what we're doing here with the offer we made on the Coliseum. And in some ways, I think it accelerates the process having a couple options going um, because we can get to, to an economic deal by the end of the year, which is our goal. You've had your heart set from the start on some sort of ballpark village, proximity to downtown, walkability. At the Coliseum, for all its advantages, Amtrak is here, BART is here, freeways right here, Oakland Airport is right here, people are used to coming here. It's a dedicated site, there's no neighborhood opposition. Um, at the Coliseum, though, you'd have to sort of create that ballpark village feel, and obviously it wouldn't be downtown. What are some of the challenges in that, and could that be done? Well, I think it's certainly possible. I think what they've done at SunTrust Park and the Battery in Atlanta is a good example. I'm going to spend more time there this summer and see kind of how that's played out. That's a mix of housing, 
commercial real estate, bars and restaurants, public space, and a ballpark. And so there's 130 acres here. So I think that's all possible and something that could be done. Um, I think the key thing is that wherever we build in Oakland, you have to have this ballpark district to give it a sense of place beyond just the 81 days. What we have now, which is just a ballpark with a sea of parking, that's not the ballpark or the experience of the 21st century for millennials, for younger fans. And so we need kind of a different business model for our success. And you've also said in the past that it doesn't pencil out here because no one's going to spend the money here. To get the private capital you need to develop is a challenge. Why would it work if you were the owners of this site? Well, I still think that's something we have to figure out. You know, that's an open item, just like transportation is an open item at Howard. And it's something that only can be figured out by negotiating with the relevant parties to understand what the economics are. And that's why we're doing that. How confident are you are, are you that you're going to get it done this year? I mean, you said you wanted a site last year and that fell through. Now we're into 2018. The fans are anxious to see a, re- a resolution, and you'll soon be the only game in town. You'll have Oakland all to yourselves, which I'm sure is an enviable position to be in. Is it going to finally get done? Well, I'm confident that we have a team and we have a city um, committed to this process, and I would encourage fans to reach out to their public leaders to make sure they engage us in a you know steadfast way to find success Uh, with the project in Oakland, because we're willing to be out there, to be making bids, to actually be putting our money where our mouth is. You know, Rooted in Oakland is more than a slogan, and that's something that we want to really get out there for the community this year. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. I'm Doug Sovereign, sitting in for Jane McMillan. That was Dave Cavill, president of the Oakland Athletics, who hoped to reach heights similar to those of their Coliseum co-tenants across the way at Oracle Arena. The Golden State Warriors are not only defending NBA champions, They've been to the NBA Finals three years in a row, won the title two years out of three, and are maybe the most respected and envied organization in all of pro sports. But as this regular season winds down and they near the playoffs, they are without their leader, their point guard, their most popular superstar, Steph Curry, who will be out for a few weeks at least with a knee injury. Warriors lead owner and CEO Joe Lacob joins us on In-Depth to talk about Curry's injury and the team's move next year from Oakland to San Francisco. How frustrating is it to have Steph go down again and this time, you know, probably miss, at least likely miss, the first round of the playoffs? Well, it is frustrating. Frustrating for him, for sure. <laughs> he wants to be playing, and, and we obviously want him on the court. Um, and the fact that he came back and was having such a great game after the ankle injury and for it to happen was certainly frustrating is the right word. But... You know, he'll be back. This is the kind of thing he's had this injury before. Kevin had it last year, and uh, they both came back and played. And I think whether it's the first round or it's the second round, uh, he'll be back, and we have a great team, so I'm, I'm still pretty confident. The West is very tough this year, incredibly competitive, and you've had all your stars go down at some point, all of them at once, uh, at one point. Um, how optimistic are you about the team's chances uh, this year? Well, we're we're pretty optimistic. Uh, we've done it before. We know what to do. The players, what makes me optimistic is they're optimistic. <laughs> they believe they can do it uh, and beat anybody. But you do have to prove it on the court, and we have had a lot of injuries. So uh, we won't have home court advantage if we get against Houston in the Western Conference Finals. So there'll be some challenges, certainly along the way, for us to, to, uh, to go ahead and repeat this year. But uh, I think we can do it. We have the talent, and uh, we have the experience. How much of a difference does it make having one, two out of three, having been in the finals three years in a row? I mean, we're all spoiled. We sort of take it for granted. But uh, to have that sort of base of of confidence and knowledge um, among the players in particular, hey, we've been here, we can do it, even if we aren't the number one seed, even if we have to win on the road. I, I do think that really helps because 
it's one thing when you haven't done it before and you, you wonder. There's no wonder here. They know they can do it. They know they can go on the road. In fact, 15 playoff series in the last five years, and we've won at least one road playoff game in every single one of those series. So history would suggest that we're certainly capable of getting this done. Is it too much to ask that we be the number one seed every year, or, or is it, uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. is it okay, you know, not to be a, the best team in the league, have the best record in the league, and and still feel like you can win the championship? That's what I said to Steve Kerr. Is it too much to ask <laughs> to be number one seed every year? Yeah, apparently it is. <laughs> we had a lot of injuries this year, and obviously, I think we we still would have gotten that number one seed maybe if we uh, if we had been fully healthy. But March has been a probably one of the toughest months we've ever faced in terms of the franchise and, and, and injuries. Um, and it is what it is. That's why they play the game, and that's why you have to go and overcome obstacles, and maybe we'll be stronger for it. Uh, all of this makes us think about the future of the Warriors, and, of course, we, we, we see that you can only stay at the pinnacle for so long. You're going to move into San Francisco to the Chase Center. Once you get there – well, let's talk about the Chase Center first. Once you get there, uh, what, what kind of experience can fans expect, and how will it differ from Oracle? Well, I think in some ways it'll be very similar to Oracle because the arena is designed, uh, at least the bowl, to be very, very similar to Oracle. We know we have something good going on there for a lot of years. Uh, fans love it. It's loud. It's fun. Um, great sight lines. So a lot of it's going to be similar, but everything else all around it will be quite different. It's in the city. Uh, you know, right in an urban center. It's um, it's going to have a lot of restaurants all around it. It's right by the water, and the ferries will pull up and drop people off, and public transportation will go right to the door. And there's there's just going to be a lot of things like that. All the, the 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 clubs and the food choices and the experiences and the that'll be going on. I think will make it a much overall more exciting uh, place to go and watch a basketball game. If they need a children's hospital, there's one right across the street. <laughs> Hopefully they won't need that, but yes, there's a hospital across the street. <laughs> uh, some fans are expressing a little bit of sticker shock at the prices they have to pay, but it seems like many, if not most, are going to come with you. Actually, we've had a remarkable response. Um, most are new stadiums and arenas. It's about a 60 to 65% conversion rate from the old one to the new one in terms of your fans going moving over. And in, so far, we're at 85%, actually a little higher because 7% still pending that have so far been shown their seats. So it's been a, an amazing response. We're going to, looks like, retain a vast majority of our fans, which is probably not great for the 43,000 on the waiting list. <laughs> but uh, it is really, it's been a tremendous public, a positive response so far. And I think that is really a testament to, even though the prices, you know, I cer- certainly are not low, uh, it's a testament to the great experience I think that they are getting from our team and our organization when they go to a game or an event and what they think they're going to get in the future when they see, having seen the new arena. That's a concern that a lot of uh, Warriors fans have had is that it, it'll be different. When, when the Giants moved from Candlestick to AT&T, there was a real sort of culture change and energy level change, and it took a while for them to get back to the vibe they had before. Are you How concerned are you that that vibe will be different in San Francisco than it was at Oracle? You're talking about the vibe difference between Candlestick and the new stadium, the Giants? I don't know about that one. <laughs> I went to both. <laughs> I think the new one's pretty great, much, much better. And I think that uh, over time, you'll people will realize this is much, much better as well. Oracle's great. It's got a great history in terms of watching a basketball game. But I think where this is located and all the things, the access to it and all the restaurant and food choices and activities around it are going to really be a completely different experience. It'll be more like going to Madison Square Garden in New York and all the excitement and energy around that. 
Well, by the vibe, I meant, you know, there's no question AT&T is far superior to the stick in pretty much every way. Uh, but there was a sense of some people, oh, you got the rich people behind home plate and they're not paying attention. They're not as invested. Is there a danger of that at all with, with, with the, the, the gritty toughness of Warriors fans that, that that'll be lost in some way? If it's the same people in the arena, pretty much, I, I don't know why, why it would be different. Uh, I think it is pretty much 85% as we talked about that are coming over. So I don't think it's going to be any different, to be honest. And, uh, I, I'm not so convinced that that's really, that narrative is really true, even with the Giants, to be honest with you. I think it's very exciting when you go to a Giants game when they're doing well. When they're not, maybe it's not the same. So, and I think uh, that has a lot to do with it in sports too. The 49ers moved to a new stadium. Well, certainly it's an improvement over the old stadium. You know, the problem is the team fell off. And so it's a, that, that really affects what you, how you tend to view the experience. Um, and I think, you know, we'll try to have a great team in the new arena, which will help keep the experience just as good. Yeah, it's true. Uh, if the team is winning, the energy is there. Sure, sure. So how will you sustain that once, you know, the team's going to start to get a little old and they're going to cost a lot of money to keep together. Uh, you can't expect to win that many championships uh, unless you're the Celtics in the 60s. So once you're in Chase Center, you know, a few years from now, let's say, after a couple seasons, how, how do you maintain that, that level of excellence? Well, it's certainly a challenge to maintain consistency of, of uh, quality of play and your team's performance over a long period of time. The Spurs have done it for 20 years. Uh, other Patriots have done it in football. It's our job to do the same thing in our sport. And it's uh, it's been done before. We actually have had quite the run since we turned this thing around now. This is, you know, what, five straight years? Um, or is this, I guess, the sixth year um, of being, you know, a very highly ranked team and, and great performance. So let's see what happens. I mean, I can't really, other than tell you that it's our goal to continue to uh, to be at, to perform at the highest levels and maintain a very, very competitive team. And we certainly have all the ca- uh, capacity to do that. I think we have the organization that knows how to pick the players and put them on the court and, and how, knows how to coach them. So hopefully we'll continue to do that and, and field a very good team. What's the status of the exit from, from Oakland in terms of uh, negotiating, getting out of Oracle, all of that? Um, you know, it's pretty clear. The lease uh, expired in 2017, and uh, we did a two-year extension and uh, fulfilling that. And um, it's it's pretty clear cut. So uh, that that ends, and we'll be moving into into our new arena next summer. And what about the uh, the outstanding debt on the arena? Well, <clears throat> you know, there's a difference between a mortgage and how long someone rents a building for. <laughs> we had a, a lease for the I didn't do it, but the previous owners did. That was for a certain period of time, and the city and county financed the building for a longer period of time. I'm not sure why they did that, to be honest. Usually you make these things coincident, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't. And uh, so, unfortunately, not really our responsability, um, but, you know, they argue, uh, they're arguing about that and we're arguing about that, and there's an arbitrator that will decide that. So it's an arbitration, so it's not a matter of uh, you having to negotiate something. No, it, it's, it's really a contract, and someone's going to rule on this thing and we'll do whatever the – what we're told to do. What are your thoughts on the A's uh, thinking about trying to buy that whole complex, including Oracle, uh, so they can control and develop it themselves in the way you're going to control your own arena? They do need a place to play, obviously. Um, that that stadium, just like ours, was the oldest arena in the NBA. That stadium is very old and, and decrepit, to be fair. Uh, I think everyone knows that. And uh, so they, they're working hard, I know, to, to find a location. I know they've focused on uh, on one other location recently, and it didn't go well. And now they're looking at Howard Terminal and maybe the current site. You know, I wish them luck in whatever they decide to do. Does it matter to you if they end up, you know, owning Oracle? 
uh, until you're you're at. I don't know. They probably wouldn't close that quickly. But but does it matter to you who your landlord is at that point? Well, I, I don't know when that would close if that ever even happened. Uh, it doesn't really matter to us. Uh, uh, that's that's their that they're trying to determine their future, and uh, to us it doesn't really matter because as you know we only have one more year right. in Oakland uh, in Oracle, and then we'll be in our new arena. Do you have any advice for someone like the A's when, you know, here you are, you've managed to, to negotiate this and get this done. The Giants did it. The Niners did it. Now you're doing it. You're going to have your own arena. What do you tell? I mean, they're going to be the last game in town in Oakland. Well, it's actually, I think, a great opportunity for them because there were three teams in the East Bay and now there's one. And that would suggest that there's uh, certainly uh, a lot of room to support that team. Uh, but they do need a new stadium. They know that. And uh, so they've got to figure that out. Uh, it's a very, I will tell you that building a new stadium, uh, no matter what, having gone through it now, is one of the hardest things I have ever personally been involved in doing. Uh, it's almost killed me. <laughs> it's It's been a lot of work and a, a lot of money as well, uh, since we know there's no public money available. At least for us, there was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had to come up with it all privately. And uh, the cost of building in the the booming Bay Area are not cheap and owning land and so on. So I wish them well. I think it's a it's certainly a difficult process, but uh, if they're committed, I think it can get done. All of these uh, efforts seem to have false starts. I mean, you want it to be down by the Bay Bridge. You end up out at Mission Bay. The Giants moved around multiple times, the Niners. Why is it so fraught with peril? Is it, is it nimbyism? Is it, is it the cost? Is it politics? All of the above? All of the above. Um, you, know, you need a pretty, pretty big piece of land to do this, and land is – San Francisco is a small place, what, seven by seven, right? Uh, the Bay Area itself geographically is not that large, and finding the right location and where it's available and you can cut a deal is, for any of these teams, has proven to be difficult and taken years to do. Um, ours by, actually, I guess, uh, was easy relatively. We had one other location, which was a, a port location, and it didn't work out, and then we had a, a very fortuitous thing happen, which was uh, the ability to go and buy a piece of land that was large enough to build a new arena, um, a not a cheap thing to do, very expensive. We had to make that decision and that commitment, but uh, we were able to do it, and I think we're we're excited about that now. And given all this, has it been? I know the answer to this, but has it been worth it? You got a couple championship rings. You've got the glow of of being co-owner of, of maybe the most successful franchise in sports right now. It has been fantastic. I love doing this every single day. I consider myself one of the luckiest people on the planet. Uh, we work really hard. Uh, I won't say it's been easy in any way. Any one of the things you just mentioned, um, they've all been hard. But, you know, that's what makes it better at the end is that you are able to deliver a performance for a team, for your fans and for your players and your organization, and that you're able to build a new arena that can last for well beyond my existence. Uh, I think that is very rewarding. And so I look tremendously forward to the opening of our new arena next year and uh, to the excitement that it'll bring and to the sense of accomplishment that our entire organization can feel. In fact, the entire Bay Area can feel. And what is it, you know, the, the Warriors had a checkered past. We, we've seen owners come and go over the years and, and all the sports. Some are incredibly successful. Some are not. What is the magic touch, the magic formula? How did you guys pull off what, you know, some people before you couldn't put together? I'm not talking in the arena. I'm talking the whole franchise. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I... I I have a student of all this, uh, obviously, for my whole life I wanted to own a sports team and certainly watched what others did. Try not to make those mistakes. Investing in venture capital that I did for 30 years, I tried not to make too many mistakes, but of course, you do make mistakes. Um, the best thing is you, you just go out and hire the best people you can. You try to develop a strategy and a plan to 
get something done, and then you go do it. You just get it done. And sometimes you have to compromise along the way, and that's what we've had to do uh, on many occasions. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is to actually get it done. That's what I try to tell everybody all the time. It, you, know, you can't just sit there year after year after year and say, well, we can't get it done, we can't get it done, we can't get it done. You can get it done. We can, we did. And that's, it's a can-do attitude. So that's the way we approach it as a business. And uh, maybe we do it a little differently than others. Maybe it's not exactly uh, as the script was written uh, in some other places, but that's what you have to figure out. Golden State Warriors owner Joe Lacob joining us this week on KCBS In-Depth. Before that, we were joined by Oakland A's president, Dave Cavill. Thanks to both and to you for joining us. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. You've just heard KCBS In-Depth, a news interview program for all news 740 and FM 106.9 KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.